Hey guys, welcome to Hometown Horrors. I'm Leanne, your host and creator, and today is a bonus episode since it is, I'm recording this on the Saturday before Halloween, so since it is Halloween, I decided to take a little break from my regular content and give a more light podcast and blog post. Um, about abandoned amusement parks, which I think be kind of spooky and, and fun to go over. So I hope you all enjoy it. Halloween is one of my favorite holidays, and I'm really excited to celebrate with my friends and family tomorrow. I hope you all have lots of spooky, spooky fun and stay safe out there. Just a few little things before we dive into these haunted amusement parks and abandoned amusement parks. Um, I have my Patreon where there will be more bonus episodes like this in the future. Just kind of taking a break from all the heavy stuff that I cover normally. But there will be some um, some episodes available that cover different things. Um, ghost stories, haunted places, anything like that. If you have any suggestions, email them to me. Um, hometownhorrors10 at gmail. I'll look into anything, you know, if you like disaster stories. If that piques your interest, um, haunted stuff, things that are based off uh, books that are based off true stories, anything like that, just send it my way and I'll look, be happy to look into it and it would be a great bonus, ep- bonus episode. Like, you know, the Overlook Hotel, things like that, would, I think would be a cool bonus episode in the future. So if you have any ideas, just send them my way. The email will be included in the show notes. Also, this is a blog post, so you can go to the address in the show notes, click on that, and it'll take you to the blog post, and it'll have all these really cool, creepy pictures that you can look at, so that's definitely worth checking out. Um, Let's see, Patreon, if you want to go on there, uh, there's different levels. There's contests and things like that available. Um, if you, you know, there's plenty of information available on that. Just go read up on that. And if you decide to contribute, I really, really appreciate it. There's also a listener, uh, listener support button on the podcast. If you want to do that, that would also be helpful and great. And I would really appreciate it. So today we are going to do abandoned amusement parks and let's get started. The first one I'm going to talk about is Six Flags New Orleans in Louisiana. It is located on 140 acres of land in East New Orleans. Six Flags New Orleans was formerly Jazzland. I don't know if maybe you all remember that. It sits abandoned after being closed eight days before Hurricane Katrina battered the city. The park was submerged in four to seven feet of water, sustaining serious flood and wind damage from the storms, and to this day has never been reopened. There have been several attempts at revitalizing and reopening the park, but none of those have been successful so far. In the last few years, the abandoned park has been used in several films, including Percy Jackson's Sea of Monsters, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, and Jurassic World. According to a local news article in October of 2021, more plans have come forward to revitalize the park 
and they've been presented to the city. Um, I think there's like a sports complex, an entertainment complex. There was a mention of a STEM complex. So I hope that that gets taken off the ground. Um, hopefully that will definitely be successful. That would be very cool to have and would uh, generate a lot of income for them. Videos and photos taken by urban explorers. I don't really know what that is. Um, I'm assuming that's just people who <laughs> kind of go to these places like abandoned houses and factories and amusement parks and kind of skirt past the do not enter and, you know, no trespassing signs. People that are braver than I am. Um, videos and photos taken by them have emerged of the park, uh, which has prompted the New Orleans Police Department to become more diligent in their patrols. They've been jumping over fences, going under chains and things like that to sneak in and, and take pictures. People who have dared to go into the abandoned park have reported the following. The feeling of being watched, hearing metal banging, hearing motors start up like motors from the rods starting up. In one part of the park, it has been reported that lots have been known to flicker even though there is no electricity in the park. All of that would First of all, I wouldn't, I personally would not go in there because I'm a big chicken, but the first time I heard metal banging or seen lights were somewhere, somewhere where lights have not been for years, yeah, I'd be gone. So, uh, like I said, I'm too big of a chicken to, to do those types of things. My husband and oldest daughter would be all about that though. So, the next one I'm going to cover is Lake Shawnee Amusement Park in Mercer County, West Virginia. In the 1700s, Mitchell Clay brought his family to Lake Shawnee and they built an 800-acre farm and raised 14 children. That's a lot of kids. In 1783, the Shawnee tribe killed two of Clay's children while he was out hunting. The tribe kidnapped a third boy then burned him at the stake. This prompted Clay and several other settlers um, to track down the Shawnee tribe members and kill them. In the early 1950s, a man named Snid Snidno, S-N-I-D-O-W, Snidno, bought the land and created a carnival-type amusement park. He brought in circular swings, a water slide, a dance hall, and a speakeasy. Speakeasy is not something I would normally have thought you would have found on the grounds of an amusement park, but that's pretty cool. The lake was dug out and formed into a swimming pool and was also used as a paddle boat ride. Shortly after opening, though, disaster struck. A delivery truck that was driving through the park struck a young girl wearing a pink dress who was riding the swings and killing her. Several years later, a young boy drowned in the park's swimming pool. A total of six visitors died while the park was open. In 1966, the park was abandoned, but the rides and buildings were never torn down. Gaylord White 
purchased the park in the 80s with the plan to turn the land into something. However, when Watt discovered the park had been built on top of Native American graves, he abandoned the project. The locals believed that land was cursed even before the Clay family arrived in the late 1700s. I've seen, I've heard enough history and seen enough movies to realize you do not put anything on top of any type of burial site. I'm I'm not sure what people were thinking with that. Today, the park is normally closed, but it will occasionally open for tours, paranormal investigations, and during the month of October, they have a dark carnival. The dark carnival includes self-guided tours, campfire and spooky storytelling it has not happened in the last two years because of covid um but they do have a facebook page that you can go and kind of keep up and see when they're they're going to open up and do that if you have the desire to to go wander around that that park and listen to stories around the campfire visitors to lake shawnee report seeing a little girl in a pink dress, playing on the swings, and children playing and running near the Ferris wheel. It is reported that a TV crew member was trapped in an abandoned ticket booth, even though the doors have no locks. That right there would keep me away. There's no way I would want little children ghosts freak me out big time. So nope, that's a no for me. (laughs) The next one Um, The next and last one that I'm going to talk about is the, I'm going to say this wrong, and I apologize, and I'm sure somebody will tell me about it, but I I do apologize for pronouncing this wrong, the Priapet Amusement Park in Priapet, Ukraine. The grand opening for the Priapet Amusement Park was scheduled for May 1st, 1986, just in time for the May Day celebration. May Day is sort of like Labor Day in um, different parts of the world. The amusement park would never get to open, though, and would be frozen in time due to the Chernobyl disaster that occurred on April the 26th, 1986, only a few kilometers away. Several sources have reported that the park did open on April the 27th, for a brief amount of time, quote, to help raise the spirits of the community, end quote, before evacuations were ordered for the city. I can't really find anything else supporting that. I don't know if that was just a rumor. Um, I read that in a couple of different articles. They just said sources, so I'm not not sure. There's no real evidence. Um, one article said that The few pictures that exist showing people at the amusement park was taken earlier in the year because of the clothes they were wearing. They were dressed for winter. So those were taken as like a promotional thing where somebody got, I guess, like a sneak peek of the park before it opened. So that's, that's kind of iffy. I'm not, not real sure about that, but those pictures are included in the blog post. The park included a now iconic Ferris wheel, bumper cars, a paratrooper ride, I'm not sure what that is, swing boats, and a carnival shooting game. Almost every picture 
that you see related to this amusement park is going to include that iconic ferris wheel it's it's very spooky it's been in a couple of documentaries and a couple of movies that i've seen radiation around the park varies in severity moss buildup throughout the park can emit some of the highest level of radiation in the city that's because helicopters were bringing material out of Chernobyl that was radioactive and they used the grass as a landing strip instead of the concrete. I'm not sure of the reasoning behind not landing on the concrete, but they used the grass around there as a landing strip and now moss that's growing is got some of the highest level of radiation in the entire city. The radiation there, I read in one article, is going to be high probably for thousands of, more, thousands of years to come. It's not going to go away, which makes me want to do a whole nother bonus episode on Chernobyl. It's all very interesting and very tragic. Today, thanks to the dark tourism industry, you can take a tour of Chernobyl, which includes the amusement park. This amazes me. I found some websites that just the, the promotion, the way it's it's laid out and everything, it just kind of blew my mind. Um, when you arrive for the tour, you will be provided a dosimeter to carry at all times to check radiation levels. Tour officials will also check radiation doses three times a day with full body scans. So you're going to have to have full body scans three times a day to have your radiation level checks. Um, they said that the amount of radiation that you usually receive from one of these tours is the equivalent to what you would receive after a nine hour airplane ride. So I'm not real sure about that. Um, if that isn't enough to make you hesitant, <laughs> they're still doing tours during the pandemic, but they will provide you with temperature checks, face mask, gloves, antibacterial gel, and everything will be disinfected. There's rest like a restaurant near the area where you can go and have coffee and eat breakfast and stuff. Everything's wiped down in the restaurant. The bus is wiped down. They're very very adamant about that they disinfect everything, which is good. It's just very strange to me that, you know, they're really pushing that, even though you're walking in somewhere, that the radiation levels are crazy high. So, but it is kind of cool. I think it was something that I would, that would be cool to see. I don't feel very comfortable about going into a radioactive area though. So maybe I'll just watch videos and, and stuff like that from afar. But that's all I have about abandoned amusement parks. There are more. Um, there's actually one not far from where I live. I live in Tennessee and there's one in Maggie Valley. But I didn't do that one because they are, it was planning to open, I think it was this summer. They're, they've redone it. and But it got pushed back because of COVID. But they think that in the spring it will open back up. But I went there a couple of times with my family when I was little and it's ghost town in the sky and it had a Western theme to it. And there was also something called Santa's land up there. 
that you could go to and it was like Santa's village and it was really cool I enjoyed it there was chairlifts to get up the mountain or there was a tram I think you could ride we rode the chairlifts and I think that probably triggered my fear of heights because my brother thought it would be funny to shake the the chair while we were going up the side of the mountain I was like four or five so um but yeah Maggie Valley is reopening and there's several more ar around the U.S. so a quick Google search will show you those things and they're all really really cool to look at the pictures and stuff it, it's amazing to see how nature is taking back over these places but I hope you enjoyed that I hope you enjoyed the bonus episode and I plan on doing more of those in the future just to take a, a little break from everything. Um, if you have any suggestions, send them my way. If you have any questions, you just want to say hi, send me an email. You can find me on Instagram at Hometown Horrors. You can find me on Twitter at Hometown Horrors TN. And I hope you all have a very fun, spooky, safe Halloween, and I will talk to you all soon.